The following podcast is brought to you by the Creative Arts Curriculum Team from Secondary Learners Educational Standards Directorate of the New South Wales Department of Education. As we commence this podcast today, let us acknowledge the traditional custodians of all the lands on which this podcast will be played around New South Wales. Their art, storytelling, music and dance, along with all First Nations people, hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal Australia. Let us acknowledge with honour and respect our Elders past, present and future, especially those Aboriginal people in our presence today who have and still do guide us with their wisdom. Welcome to the Creative Cast podcast series. My name is Alex Manton and I am a Creative Arts Curriculum Officer for the New South Wales Department of Education. The area of discussion today is based on how best to support our Stage 6 students, particularly our HSC students, in musicology and oral. Today, we'll be exploring how two highly experienced music teachers for Stages 6 in Music 1 and Music 2 prepare their students for the HSC Oral and Musicology paper. Our first music teacher is Jess Vanry, who is a former teacher of Liverpool Girls High School in South Sydney. Jess has been teaching music for 16 years in both the public and private sectors. She's taught in a variety of school demographics and is passionate about the music classroom and providing a music education that is accessible to all students. Our second music teacher today is Patrick Wong from James Roos Agricultural School, who has been teaching at the school since 2006. Patrick studied music education at Sydney University and holds a Bachelor of Music Honours in Piano Performance. He is particularly passionate about creating performance opportunities for HPGE students. Welcome Jess and Patrick. Firstly, can you share with us a little bit about your school and the students that choose to do music for their HSC? Um, We might start with you, Jess. Well, I guess over the years, there's been a number of different students that have chosen music for the HSC, but I think every school has a variety. You always have that students that's done A, maybe lessons since they were tiny. And then the ones that have just joined your music class because they know YouTube and can tinker on a little bit of all the different instruments. And then you have the ones that only do classroom music, but might have a music lesson. So I've had a little bit of all of those types of students in my class. So a little bit of everyone. And how about you, Patrick? Uh, well, my school is uh, academically selective where, where I'm teaching. However, our students do come from a diverse range of backgrounds with um, also varying levels of music education. We've got students that have come with very little background in uh, primary music education and then students that have come and have completed uh, performance to a high high grade, a high standard, and, and um, are very experienced themselves um, as, as a musician. So it's about, uh, for me, it's about differentiating the curriculum to try to suit all levels and abilities. The students that particularly choose our elective and stage six courses 
tend to be for uh, capable and uh, experienced musicians. They have studied music for a long time and they enjoy it and they're passionate about learning music. So um, I'm really grateful for that opportunity. And it's about extending and challenging our students who do pick the stage six HSC courses. We do accelerate. So students complete their stage five in a compacted 100 hours one year course. And then they start preliminary music in year 10 and they complete the HSC music in year 11. And those who are willing and wanting to do extension complete that separately just on its own in year 12. That's really interesting, Patrick. So did the majority of your students do their HSC in year 11? Yes. Or is it a mix? Okay. Hmm. How do you manage that in the classroom? Like, do you have some students that don't and do it traditionally over the two years? We, we stage used six to. Course or? Yeah, we, we used to, but but not, not anymore. We find accelerating one year ahead, daggering the courses, because most of our students that do tend to do music too are experienced performers and they have a background in and training in music. So we find that it, it suits them to accelerate, especially in, in a school like ours, which caters, you know, towards the more the, the high achieving end of the spectrum. Fantastic. So, Abjets, for Music One, how do you teach the skills required to be able to tackle the Music One paper successfully in the exam? Do you have any teaching strategies? Yeah, oh, it depends on the kids, doesn't it? You know, you, mm-hmm. and, and it also depends. Some days you have kids in your classroom who just want to learn and other days you have kids who are really good learners that don't want to learn. It just depends. So I think... The key to doing well in the, the HSC oral paper is consistency in practicing listening activities naturally, you know. I think it's about actively engaging students in the learning. So I think they come to the classroom and they always say, Miss, are we doing prac today? And it's like, well, we're doing music today because music needs to be about prac and theoretical course components combined and integrated. And so if you can start to bridge that gap right from the very beginning, then you see change in the classroom. And so that's my biggest tip to try to integrate it. Now that doesn't always work, but we can try. (laughs) And it's not something that changes overnight. It's like a cultural change across the school that needs to happen. For some students, I think it's about not being afraid of writing because there might be really good musos who play epic electric guitar solos, but when it comes to picking up a pen, they're afraid of doing it. And so therefore don't for that fear of failure. So it's overcoming that bridge And I think one of the biggest things is about seeing that those 30 marks in the oral paper are vital to success in the HSE exam overall, that it's not just about the other four components that you're choosing. That is really important too. And in my experience, the students that have done well in that have done well overall with the other things combined. So those are the things that I think are super important. How do you integrate practical activities and literacy? How do you do it, Jess? And what what do you do about those students who are afraid to put pen to paper? How do you get them to do that? Start small. Hopefully you've started this in stage four and stage five. So by the time they've come to stage six, they know what your teaching style is and and your way of doing it, which was the whole point of this pilot program that I did with the ukulele and music literacy, just that you mentioned at the start. It was about active engagement in music learning with literacy included. So now in, in terms of just stage six, six, it's starting small. So something as simple as doing a regular prac lesson and then stopping and talking about structure stopping and talking about texture and then drawing up on the whiteboard or smartboard, whatever you have, 
drawing that up so it's a visual so people can see it. Grab your phones up, take a picture, put this in your notes. And so the kids haven't actually picked up a pen in any way yet. And so what happens is naturally the terminology starts to flow out of what they're playing and then we pick up pens and papers. And how do you go from that that list of basic observations to then creating more complex musical observations and a more sort of thorough response in the paper? What's the next step? So I use a sentence which is called my epically amazing way of answering the paper. <laughs> I love that. And you get it right. <laughs> so a lot, of, a lot of staff across the state use this. And my sentence is in section the instrument plays whatever the concept is. And I make them write that for every single point. So we're writing in point form from the very start. First, we're identifying the structure. We draw a structure table at the top. And then we write this sentence for every single point. And when I first start out in year 11, I mark it wrong if they don't write in that format. So I'm structuring and scaffolding my responses right from the very beginning. And then what happens over time, they start to understand the concepts more and identifying features in in the oral excerpts. And then that in section, the instrument plays, that little detail there becomes more explicit, more specific and more detailed. So we're not saying in the introduction, the saxophone plays the melody. That's where we started. Now we're saying in the introduction, the saxophone plays the melody, it's playing. And then we are expanding upon that after that. Jess, that's that's a fantastic literacy tool. I think that teachers are really going to appreciate hearing that yeah and you know what you could even use that in stage four or five like build it from then yeah that's great Jess (laughs) um how about you Patrick how do you teach the skills required to be able to tackle the music two paper successfully I mean we know the music two paper is very diverse in the way that it's presented you've got melodic dictation you have an extended response you've got the short answer questions would you like to break it down a little bit and we can talk about each component briefly if you like yeah sure I'll I'll do my best Um, firstly I mean I agree with everything that both you and Jess say I think an integrated approach in the classroom is the best I, I tend not to have separate composition and performance lessons unless if I unless if I really need to get something done so it's usually students will play, play, play a piece. We would discuss, do some analysis or within one lesson. Yeah, I think, I think that's the best. With regards to the paper, I think the markers are looking for good answers. They're not looking for perfect answers. So what I would do is to get the students to mind map and organize their ideas, even if it's a brainstorm, if it could be a shopping list for what they want, what, what, how to address the question. I use a couple of approaches to answering the different questions. If it's a short answer and, and it's asking about a specific concept, then I ask, get, I get the students to think about what specific feature of the concept they want to write about and, and then apply it to the music that is being played or the score that is being put in front of them. So it, it's more like a, they, they make a claim about what they want to say with regards to what concepts support it with analysis and then make the link. So it's more like a claim support link yep. strategy that I use with them. And, and, and I actually got this from the Harvard Project Zero on thinking routines. Um, at, at school two years ago, uh, we, we started a, a whole staff initiative and they asked, asked teachers to come on to be pilots for the project. And so, so I've signed up and I think these, these strategies are used um, by teachers all over the world, not, not just myself. 
And, and it's, it's something that um, I found has really helped to scaffold the students' thinking in regards to answering questions with the paper. So, so that technique I just used was called claim support question. Great. Um, and is that how you also approach the question four, the extended response? Or is that uh, a little I, bit I, different? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different because it's, it's, ten, it's 10 marks. So I do something similar to Jess, but I, 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 use an, I use an anagram. So I use hit mode. So it's similar, it's similar to, um, to, to just structuring your answers. So, so each word stands for something. So the H would stand for, you know, you highlight the keywords in the question. The I would be how, how you would like to interpret the question, whether it is a specific conceptual question or a general question. Uh, the, the T stands for your topic sentence. So they've always got to have a topic sentence to address the, the essay question for me at the beginning. The M would be your musical mind map. So how, how are you going to answer those and structure those 10 marks? I think structure is really important. For a 10 mark essay question, uh, I usually get the students to have three to four good specific points of what they want to, want to answer. If it's two, two concepts, say about pitch and rhythm, I would say, please have two specific points about pitch and two specific points about rhythm. If it's a general, if it's a general one, then I ask the students to think about what are their most important concepts they want to answer for for the question four, um, and so that that rep represents M. And then organization. Uh, the O stands for organization of your ideas. I usually ask the students to rank their responses. If it's four four points they want to write, or three points, I ask the students to write the most important points first. And then the second and the third. So it's about organizing your answers. The D stands for musical detail. So that comes in the analysis. And then finally, the E would be your ending. So what links can you make just to, just to finish your, your answer for question four? So, and, and I found by just having that, that system, if they have a mind blank, then they just, then I ask them, oh, just, just write hit mode on the side of your page. Just make sure you've ticked off everything. Um, and, and I found, between the trials and a lot of practice and the HSC, I found with, with the RAP data in my cohort last year, we managed to get most of them into, into the A box, uh, into the 9 or 10 out of 10, so which I was Fantastic. really pleased about. So mm. That's great, Patrick. Yeah, that's question four, yeah. And how do you go about them selecting excerpts to discuss in question four? Uh, well, I try with, with, the, with the works to have, a variety of genres so i would i would usually teach one chamber work one orchestral work um, a few solo works i find shorter pieces a lot more effective because then you're not writing across 30 minutes of a symphony so as, as i've become more experienced i've tried to choose more accessible uh shorter pieces and what i found is helpful in extending the breadth of the students' repertoire is to have comparative pieces, whether it's a similar genre or similar style for them to write a comparative essay on. As you know, the last last couple of years, the, there has there has been a move towards the comparative type of essay rather than discuss this in two pieces set for study or whatever. That's right. I, I, yep. I find out what happened. That that works well. So usually I, I would do one one from the last so the one from the mandatory one from the last 25 years and then compare it with a maybe a, a similar style or a similar genre or similar instrumentation 
with um, with another period of time. So, for example, when when we did Leo's Compassion Song Cycle, I compared it with the Rachmaninoff Vocalese, both being orchestral songs, and both one one's one's um, you know Hebrew and Jewish, and the other one is is Russian right? Russian uh, leader basically. And and I found students are able to make links. So we, we and then and then we practiced the creative uh, well we practiced a comparative essay on it, and and I found that really helped. That's a great idea, Patrick. I really like that idea of the comparative analysis. Yeah, I thought music of that, doesn't that exist before. The, it doesn't exist in the vacuum. It's always you know, influenced by something or other. Yeah. Um, I, I found that was a really good way to teach across topics concurrently. And it just shows that you know, music, music doesn't uh, exist on its own. <laughs> it's, it's, it's always, there's always links, whether it's contextual or musical. What are some of the creative ways that you approach revision of the concepts of music to optimise learning and, and engagement for your students at this critical point in the HSC course? So they're heading towards term two. They really start to do some past papers towards the end of this term. So how do you, how do you revise the concepts when they've been doing them for so long? What do you do, Jess? <laughs> Again, it, it really depends on the type of learners that you have. I, I think some of the more academic students are not interested in playing games and doing revision activities. They just really want to practice the past papers and hand them in and get feedback and look at the marking criteria and match it to it, that kind of thing. So uh, I tend to mix it up depending on the types of learners that I have in my class at the time. So some of the more high flyers who are who are getting, you know, six out of six for each question one or eight, eight, eight out of eight, like so right in the top A box across, I find that those students really just want to practice past papers and keep handing them in. And I find that those students, their writing style is solid, their terminology is really accurate, they're writing well, they're identifying well. So that's the best method for them. For the other students that are uh, either on the lower end or the middle end of the class, they, lead, they need a lot more variety. So I try to use a little bit of both types. Sometimes the more academic learners like to do a bit more game orientation in the classroom just because they want to break, which is good. So I like to do things like rainbow editing, which is like what you were just talking about, Alex, where you, yeah, yeah and you're looking for something specific. You're not just marking the whole response. You're looking for something specific. So that's a really good one to do uh, things like uh, like mini whiteboards and textures and just playing over and over different audio examples and they have to identify the melodic instrument or identify the harmonic instrument or that features in the music or identifying instrumentation. So which woodwind instrument is this from the woodwind family just to be more accurate in the classifications. That's a good one. Things like post-it notes or, or little cards where you, but you're only writing one point per card. So some students get a little bit waffly in their sentences. And so I find going back to that main sentence with the, the four W's or three W's, however you scaffold it, but only writing one point. And then we're putting those cards all together. So sometimes we do it in a, a timed challenge. So if your card goes up on the table at the front first, and someone else writes the same point as you, then your card gets bumped. Like you have to only have one card that says, so we're identifying all different features in the piece about pitch, but not everyone can write about the saxophone in the introduction. It has to be other things that are happening. And that just bulks out the answer a bit more and then we're collating that as a class. 
I like to do a lot of quick quizzes. So Google Forms or even keynotes that we do in the class together. We're just practicing the terminology. Which concept does this belong to? Particularly for tone colour, finding words, like descriptive words that describe the types of music. So those ones are, are good. Just so you're not getting those really low level answers of it sounds green. No, it doesn't sound green. And it doesn't <laughs> sound like you're on a beach. No, we're like, that's how you feel. But, you know, so moving beyond some of those things as well. And they're obviously just practice papers. I've done crazy things in the past with Play-Doh and 3D diagramming of texture, you know, but it depends on the learners, <laughs> whatever's going to interest them. But I think it's about consistency. You just have to do it right from the beginning of that HSC course in prelim. If you haven't had them prior, ideally in stage four and five, you'd be doing it too. But from that very first day in prelim, we're starting with the concepts and we are just building and building and building all the time. We're practicing. I like to focus mostly on the six concepts in at the beginning of prelim and then add in tension, variety, interest, balance. Those are the more higher level thinking skills a little bit later on. So we've consolidated that first. And I found that to be very successful and, and helpful. That's Ideally, great. people yeah. just want feedback. So whatever way you can get that to happen quickly and efficiently and time efficiently for you as, as the marker is the best way. I love all your creative ideas for music one concepts. That's, that's fantastic. I might some steal of some of them actually, myself. Yeah. Some of them actually come from literacy projects like primary school literacy projects and mm. then just adapted. So it, yeah, that's great. That engagement really. I do a similar thing um, called concept station. So we'll listen to an excerpt and I'll get a big A3 piece of paper for each concept and lay them out around the room on tables. And every student finds a concept station. They get one listening and they have to write down their ideas and then they all rotate. But again, they're not allowed to write the same thing as anyone else. They either have to add to that point or come up with a new point. And my, yeah, my students loved that because if they weren't really comfortable with the concept, it kind of didn't matter whether they got it right at that moment. They just moved on to the next one. But they, as a class, they really came up with everything that was in the excerpt by the end of it. And then we put that into a, you know, online form and shared it with everyone. So they all had a copy and it was like a full analysis of every concept. So, And I think ultimately it's about building confidence in writing. So it's not, oh, I'm not good at music theory. It's about, oh, yeah, I know something about pitch or I know something about duration. I, I could add to that. And the more that happens, the more confident they become in it and then they start to do it of their own accord and eventually they're writing a full page. So That's right. That's great. How about you, Patrick? How do you oh, revise with your students? Yeah, similar. I, um, I've started doing something similar with flashcards where, where one flashcard and, and I'm, I'm going to do them in a hexagonal shape. So they actually can piece them together, you know, like like um, kind of like a beehive. Oh, okay? yeah. So and 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 each and each part of the concept that links to something else has has to connect with that particular work. And 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 because I find our students are super competitive, <laughs> they they don't they don't want to you know they they all want to win. So they've all got to come up with connections. And once they can make that link between the concept and that feature of the concept. So for example, say. Rhythm and ostinato, they've got to back it up with an example from the score, from the music, 
which then I would get the class to decide whether it's valid or not. And if it gets voted down, <laughs> then I don't get that point. So, that sounds that's, fun, Patrick. That, that's, a, that's a good, it's a good, it's a good little game to play before, before, um, yeah, for revision of any pieces, I find. And, and yeah, and, and it really, it really engages them to connect with the music and, and to challenge themselves and each other. Because I, I, I find our students, very much like to be spoon fed, you know, just give us the answer and then we'll regurgitate it back to you. But but gone are, you know, gone are those days where where you do that. It's not it's it's more about, yeah, teaching them how to think critically and to respond to different questions and to make up their own conclusions about about the music. Uh, and so lastly, do you have any additional top tips for teachers to share? with their students of how to achieve that A-box criteria in their oral and musicology responses. Is there anything either of you would like to add? I think it's just about promoting being specific in what you're writing. Does this point actually answer the question and is it in detail? If, if the answer is no, then you don't get a point for it. And I think it's going back to that every single time. So anything that's generalised is going to bump you down those boxes and put you right into that C-box category because it's only sometimes reflecting what the marking criteria is asking. So, yeah, I, th I think it's about being specific and it's about being factual. Um, I think listen widely as possible, mm. but analyse selectively. From, from what I've seen lately, that the papers tend to have more generalised questions with concepts, so it might be discussed or described these concepts, but... They're not looking for generalized answers. They're looking for specific answers. So, so I think um, teaching the students to address specific parts of the concept is really important. And then always backing it up with the music. I'm, I'm finding our students are very good about talking about the music and they're talking around the music, but a lot of them, frankly, don't talk in the music itself or of the music itself. And, and sometimes it's just a matter of telling them, telling them you know, that the answer is always in the score. Just look at the score or look at, listen to the recording. You'll always find it there if, if, if you search for it. And, and to not go on um, rants or waffles that don't address the question. Um, that, that's, that's really important. And, and always, always, yeah, it, support your analysis with an example or, or a quote um, from, from the score. And that's, that's what will get you the mark. So they're, they're looking for good answers, not, not perfect answers. That's, really. that's a great point, Patrick. And mm. it's interesting. I, I always get excited about the next HSC paper that comes out and what, what's going to, you know, what the questions are going to be, because there, there have been changes in both papers over, over recent years. Like for example, in the music one, I was having a look at the past papers that there hasn't been a direct comparative analysis for over five years which is interesting yet there's been some challenging questions in relation to technology you know how does technology affect this particular concept which is is great that that students are being challenged to to think a little bit differently and 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 Patrick you mentioned earlier about that the question four has changed a, a little yes. bit as well so it'll be interesting to see what this year holds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah, I, I think, I think the, the the question four is good in that it, it separates because it's a comparative question. It, it does separate absolutely the and differentiate them from how much they know and to what depth they know. I think there's been a push towards 
more depth of answer than than breadth of answers. So so they want to go deep. So study less words, but but go deeper into each word that that you study. Um, is, is, the, is the feeling I'm I'm getting from 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 just just the way the course has been taught and and the, just the general push in in music, not only music education but education overall. Um, and and just yeah, teaching teaching the students to have the skills, to have the oral skills and analyze selectively um, and and to write about specifics rather than as you what you both said, just general answers, which would only get you into the C box. Mm -hmm. Well, Jess and Patrick, thank you so much for joining me today and talking about our HSC our music students and how best to support them in musicology and oral. You've shared some really great ideas that I'm sure teachers will take on board and implement in their own classrooms. So Thanks again. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by the Creative Arts Curriculum Team of Secondary Learners Educational Standards Directorate of the New South Wales Department of Education. Get involved in the conversation by joining our statewide staff room through the link in the show notes or email our Creative Arts Curriculum Advisor, Catherine Horvat at creativearts7-12 at det nsw.edu.au The music for this podcast was composed by Alex Manton and audio production by Jason King.